Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back. 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980. Toby Altizer with you up until Capitals Hockey here on The Fan. It's time to get out to the BetQL guest hotline and bring in our guest from Pro Football Focus, Nick Ackridge. Nick, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing great. I mean, it's crazy to think about. We were reading your tweet from earlier in response to Adam Peters coming in saying it's crazy to think that Washington is now viewed as an attractive job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's quite the uh, it's quite the 180 from from years past. That's for sure. So, just opening up, I'll give you you know kind of the floor. What are your thoughts on getting Adam Peters to come here as the new general manager? Yeah, I mean, you know, anytime you hire a new GM, it's you know it's tough to really say that he's going to come in here and fix everything. It's you just kind of have to bank on you know what he's done in the past and connections he's made, and um, you know all signs are pointing to that. Peters was probably the top candidate um, for, for any GM opening. And, um, you know, it's, it's tough not to get way too excited about, about someone like that. He clearly was, was, you know, up there around the league, well-respected guy. And, you know, for him to, you know, want to come to Washington is, is a unique and pretty exciting, exciting opportunity. And then going along with that, we're going to talk about this coming up here on the show in just a little bit, but new head coach, who are you looking for? Who are your top candidates? Yeah, I mean, again, it, it's it's weird to think that, you know, one of the top candidates out there is, is, you know, Lions offense coordinator Ben Johnson. And it's a lot of signs have been pointing to him as, you know, possibly being the favorite um, to come here. And, again, it's it's tough not to get way too excited about that, you know, possibly getting the top GM candidate and top head coaching candidate um, is, is is pretty exciting. But, um, you know, Ben Johnson is, is obviously up there. Um, you know, Mike McDonald type. For me, I, I'm just kind of looking for – you know, first-time head coach. I, I'm kind of tired of the retreads, and you know, I want to go somewhat young and and get someone who hasn't done before and, and is ready to prove himself. Yeah, I agree with that. Toby Altizer talking with Nick Ackridge from Pro Football Focus here on the BetQL Guest Hotline. I think you guys at PFF do a really good job of breaking this stuff down for people to kind of, you know, quickly look at. So I want to get some of your thoughts on some of the players on the roster. We'll start with Sam Howell. Probably not going to be the starting quarterback here next year, but. What were your thoughts overall, and what do you think shifted for him from where it looked like he was making some progress in the middle of the year to really struggling at the end? Yeah, Howell is, was in a, a, a very, very unique situation. You know, people that follow me on Twitter know that um, I'm, I'm very hell-bent against, you know, not going with Howell next year. But <laughs> um, that isn't to say that what he did wasn't somewhat impressive. I mean, you know, a fifth-round um, guy, basically his rookie year coming in with an offensive coordinator that absolutely threw him to the wolves. I mean, just staring in the deep end with, with no life raft and just, you know, made him throw the ball more than anyone in the NFL. Full field reads and, and you know, didn't really give him many easy um, options and easy plays until later in the year. And, you know, at, at first he started he started off pretty well. There were some 
um, underlying, you know, data and stats that were kind of showing that this wasn't really going to last with, you know, some of his turnover worthy plays. And, and obviously the sacks was, was a big thing. And, you know, he really kind of went from early in the season to sitting in the pocket way too long and, you know, taking unnecessary sacks and generating his own pressure to, to then leaving the pocket way too early and leaving clean pockets. And then that causes pressure in and of itself. And um, once he was out on the run, that's when we saw a lot of the mistakes that, you know, really kind of killed him. So I'm curious on this because it's kind of been a running dialogue all season long and people have kind of taken sides on it, talking about that offensive line. Some people, every sack is the offensive line's fault. Some, it's every sack is Sam's fault. It's probably somewhere in the middle. But going into the offseason, how much do they need to address the offensive line? Was it was it as bad as some of the stats say? Were they a little bit better? And even so, do they still need to really heavily address it in the offseason? Yeah, I think this year was a was a great kind of um, showcase of, of why the quarterback is so important to, you know, sack rate, pressure rate, and, all, and offensive line play in general, really. I mean, um, Sam Howell was, was the perfect example for this. Like I said, he was, you know, holding the ball for too long and then leaving clean pockets. But, um, you know, there were, there were two glaring holes on that offensive line, in my opinion, and that was left guard and center. Um, they couldn't really get that those two areas right. Um, right guard, Sam Cosby, had a pretty great year. And then the tackle position, the two tackle positions are always going to look worse when you have a quarterback like Howell that does leave clean pockets early or, you know, holds the ball too long because they can only really hold up for three seconds at most. I mean, you know, the average time to throw in the NFL is under three seconds. So if you get anything more than that, then that's a very good pocket. And, um, you know, a lot of times he was back there for longer than three seconds and, and we're not charging the tackles for those pressures just because he holds on the ball too long. So, um I do think they need to get some youth um, at both tackle positions. It's, um, you know, Leno and, and Wiley are getting up there. and um, But the, in my mind, the two glaring spots that need, you know, fixing are the left guard and the, and the center spot. Once, ever since Rulier has gone down with injury and then, you know, retired, um, that, that center spot has been a, a big weak spot in Washington's offensive line. Talking with Nick Ackridge from Pro Football Focus here on the BetQL Guest Hotline. Looking at the offense, staying there, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, both those guys, Jahan especially, seem to have kind of underwhelming seasons. Terry, final catch of the year, finally gets over the 1,000 yards, which I think we're all excited about. But it wasn't his best year either. Is that something that will change with a new offensive coordinator and a new quarterback, or is it something that you saw on film where they just had lost a step or they weren't as sharp as they were last year? What do you think was the difference in those guys this year? No, if anything, on the film, they, they looked, you know, the same. I mean, Dotson was, you know, uh, for him, he was he was still getting open. I mean, it was it was such a weird year for him. He was still getting open, but Howell was missing him. And um, we kind of saw, you know, right away when, when um, Jacoby Brissett stepped in, how well this offense looked. And, and it just kind of shows you that Howell was kind of holding them back a little bit and, and holding back the wide receivers and, um, like I said, when Brissett stepped in, you know, Terry McLaurin started to get in the balls, and, and it, that's what that offense was supposed to look like. So I'm not too concerned, definitely not concerned about Terry, um, not as concerned with Dawson. The only thing that's a little concerning is, is the drops kind of to showed up a little bit more uh, throughout the year. But um, on film, he was still getting open, and that's really what matters. You mentioned Sam Cosme earlier, and maybe he can fall into this category if you'd like and just kind of talk about his season. But Who's a player that hasn't gotten recognition that you haven't seen people talking about on social media that you think people should be that had a better year than people thought? 
Yeah, I mean, Cosme's definitely up there. Uh, he was one of he was, ended up being one of our highest graded um, guards in the NFL, and uh, especially in the back half of the season, he was playing really, really well. And especially in the run game, I mean, um, I, I tweeted about it when when he talked about how he wanted to run the ball more, and you could definitely see that on film. He wanted to bury people every single time they ran the ball, and um, that's something you love to see from anyone on the offensive line. But um, someone on the defense is, is Kendall Fuller, really. I mean. The secondary had a really rough year overall, but uh, he kind of held down his side as best he could. And um, especially in the beginning of the year, he was, he was really good and sort of tailed off um, towards the, uh, the back half of the season. But um, I would say Kendall Fuller was, was up there. Is that someone you'd look to bring back, Kendall Fuller? I think so. I mean, it, it's really going to depend on how they, you know, who they bring in for, for the defensive coordinator. I mean, Kendall Fuller is a very good zone corner where he uh, kind of stays on one side of the field and, and, um, locks that down, and he, he's very good in off-coverage zone kind of match schemes. Um, so if you if you bring in a guy that wants to play a lot of man-heavy press coverage, then um, I wouldn't see them bringing back Kendall Fuller. But if you bring somebody in that's going to play those you know too high off-coverage stuff that they've played these past couple of years, then I could see them bringing back Fuller for sure. I want to get into some of the players on the defense, but more just as a general question about defense. They went from a good unit to an awful unit this year. What happened? Yeah, I mean, it really does start with the secondary, and, and then it kind of works down to the pass rush. I mean, we saw it at the beginning of the year. The the secondary was rough, and it didn't give it the pass rush any time. And then um, towards the back half of the season, there was absolutely no pass rush and didn't give the secondary any time. So with Washington these past couple of years, it, it's always taken them. I mean, we, we've seen it in the past, like the first four or five games, that secondary is pretty rough. Um, there there were there's always a lot of busts and um, missed coverages and whatnot, and that kind of – happened again this year where the secondary was struggling a lot of new pieces and um obviously right as of right now there was a miss of that first round pick with Forbes and you know it was it was tough out there for him and um so once they kind of started to shore up that secondary a little bit then you you lose a, a Montez Sweat and a Chase Young and then there's no pass rush and then they're covering for, for four or five seconds and that's that's just never going to work um so really for me it's about really shoring up that that safety position and, and corner position and um, you know, getting guys that are comfortable with each other are, you know, um, aware of where their teammates are going to be because that's a that's a big thing in, you know, the, the sort of defense they played. And um, that can all change with, like I said, with if they get a new defensive coordinator and, and go a different route. But, um, yeah, they definitely need to shore up that, that secondary for sure. So I'm curious about this because it seemed like – I can't remember what game it was. It was one of the last ones. They're playing a lot of the backup corners. And they didn't necessarily play great on defense, but there were no egregious busts like the Rams game, Cooper Cups running wide open. You know, the the classic coverage bust that you got so used to seeing once or twice a game in Washington. Were they running like a complex scheme that created this and maybe they simplified it when they had to go to younger players? Or what were you seeing on film that created all these busts? Yeah, I, I think when Ron really stepped in, they got a, a little more, you know, it was more simplified for sure. Um, but really the scheme they're running isn't, you know, too unique. It isn't too crazy. It isn't something you don't see anywhere else. I mean, it's a, um, it's something that, you know, these guys have been playing in college and, and now in the NFL and, you know, Forbes is a great example of just, you know, taking guys that are comfortable in a position that they've played before and then taking them out of that position. I mean, we, they kept kind of talking about Forbes when they drafted him as the reason they liked him so much is because he fits the scheme. But, you know, I wrote this whole article about how, you know, they took him from that scheme and he was a perfect fit. Um, in this defense, and then just took him out of that scheme. And um, in college, he he stayed on 
he stayed on the left or right side. I can't remember right now, but he stayed on one side of the field, stayed there the whole time, and Fuller was the same. He stayed on one side of the field, and um, it it looked like it was going to be a perfect match, but then they decided to switch their defense up and, you know, have their corners rotate based on, you know, where the the ball is placed on the hash mark, whether that's the field or the boundary. And um, So it it was just a unique situation. I I just think they, you know, they kind of showed throughout basically their entire tenure here of just, you know, taking players and taking out of them out of what they do or what they're comfortable with. And, and it, it just hasn't, didn't really ever work. Talking with Nick Ackridge from Pro Football Focus, just a couple more here for you. You mentioned Emmanuel Forbes. What do you think the future looks like for him? Is it something where it's a bad rookie season, he can rebound? Obviously, it'll depend on scheme like you just mentioned, but do you think there's still a hope that he can be a good player? I think so. Um, I I think anytime you look at a guy who kind of struggles in the first round, it's it's tough to kind of reset those expectations. But I think now you're kind of just looking at him to be just a solid corner. I, I don't think he's ever going to get to the, you know, the spots that you really kind of anticipate um, first round corners getting to. And, I mean, it's just tough with his frame. Um, you know, the run defense was, was pretty bad um, in college. I kind of noticed he was never afraid to throw himself into, into the run game. He just, just kind of lacked the technique in, in terms of tackling. He just kind of liked to throw his body instead of wrap up. So that's one area that definitely needs to get um, kind of shored up, but, Again, like you said, it it does depend on the scheme. It depends on who they're going to bring in uh, on the defense and what they want to do with him. But um, I'm never going to give up on a on a rookie after just you know one year. I, I think he could possibly you know still be a decent corner in the NFL. I just um, I think we just have to reset expectations in terms of you know being a first round guy. Two more for you here, Nick. Talking with Nick Ackridge on of Pro Football Focus here on the BetQL Guest Hotline. A guy that before the season started, I really wanted them to try and get a contract done with that now is a free agent, might go somewhere else, Cam Curl. To me, I, I, I was really high on him this season. I didn't feel like he made the impact that I was expecting. Is that something that maybe didn't bear out on film? Or what did you think of Cam Curl this season? And if you're Adam Peters stepping in as a new GM, are you trying to re-sign him? I would. I would make Cam Curl a priority. I mean, um Maybe maybe you've seen it, but Jeremy Reeves kind of did all the arguing for me when in terms of Camp Curl when he kind of went off on Twitter about how important Curl was for this defense and just talking about how he plays every single position, doesn't miss a snap, all these sort of things. And he was um, it was it was a down year in terms of production, PFF grade, all that sort of stuff. Um, but again, he had to play so many different positions and um, step into different spots and. You know, every time you looked at a busted coverage, it, it was never really on curl. Um, it was usually on someone else, and um, that's going to make the entire secondary look kind of bad. But uh, I would prioritize Cam Curl. I think what you've gotten from him from a seventh-round pick is has been pretty impressive, and I think he is a, a a really smart, great player, and he can fit into any scheme. Uh, he's shown that. He can fit into any position, play any scheme. Um, so I, I think he's someone you got to prioritize. Final question here. The guys up front. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, a lot of talk on Twitter. Maybe Jonathan Allen gets moved. People even want to move Payne, even though I don't think that's necessarily likely. What did you see out of those guys this year? Because it felt like last year, obviously Payne had a better year, career year, than he gets paid, and he didn't necessarily replicate that this year. But it even felt like John Allen didn't have the impact that you usually expect. What did you see out of those guys? Yeah, Allen was still really good in the pass rush. Uh, I mean, he had some of the, the quickest wins, Um among any defensive, you know, interior defensive lineman, that's something he's done um, his entire career. The the big thing that kind of stuck out was the run defense from the two of them. 
Um, it was it was just a down year overall. And then and then once you know Young and Sweat went, then they were just constantly there. There was no reason for the tackles to ever get any help from the guards. Um, so they were just kind of constantly getting double teamed, and it was a you know it was a tough back half of the year for the two of them, just because you know the offenses knew that they were the only two that they had to really block. They weren't they weren't scared of anyone coming around the edge. So um, it was kind of rough for them. I. I I think you still kind of obviously keep them and, and build around them. I think Jonathan Allen is still one of the best interior defensive linemen in the NFL in terms of um, pass rushing ability. And um, Deron Payne, you already just paid. So, I mean, I, I think you obviously stick with them for a bit. They're, the cap isn't an issue here. Um, so I think stick with them for another year and, and, and see what you got. Nick, appreciate the time, man. Great coverage as always. Yep. Appreciate it, man. You have a good one. You too. You heard from Nick Ackridge from Pro Football Focus. He joined us on the BetQL guest hotline. Sports betting has come to Maryland. Don't place that first bet without checking with BetQL. BetQL analyzes every game to find you the most profitable betting opportunities. Get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting BetQL.com. Makes me feel a little bit better that he thought Cam Curl played well this year because I was a little worried about Curl, but I would like to see them bring him back. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Max and I are going to give you our top three head coaching candidates. Keep it tuned right here to the fan, the Team 980 in the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. 106.7 The Fan, Team 980. Toby Altizer with you up till Caps Hockey here on The Fan. 800-636-1067. If you want to hop in on the MGM National Harbor listener lines, you can also tweet at me at Toby underscore Altizer. Appreciate Nick Ackridge from Pro Football Focus for joining us. If you missed it, you can always rewind on the Odyssey app. We also opened up at 9 o'clock talking about Adam Peters being hired. Feel free to rewind on the Odyssey app for that as well. Right now, we're talking about the top head coaching candidates for me and producer Max behind the glass. Looking ahead right now, at least at what J.P. Finley tweeted out, I believe it's from Bet Online. some of the odds. Ben Johnson is listed at 5-7, to seven, minus 140 odds. Bill Belichick, I honestly don't even know why he's on the list, other than maybe to just get a couple bucks from people. 
nine to two odds. It's not happening. We've already reported this multiple times, or not we, I haven't, but JP, John Kime, anybody that's plugged in with the team that you follow has already said he's not coming here. Anybody not named Mike Florio. Yeah, basically any of these national people, they're, it's not happening. Let's just put it that way. Bobby Slowick, five to one. Jim Harbaugh, six to one. Mike McDonald, nine to one. The enemy, 12 to one. That's not happening either. Raheem Morris, 12 to one. Vrabel, 14 to one. Dan Quinn, 22 to one. Aaron Glenn, 25 to one. Real quick, I don't want to spoil your list. Is Jim Harbaugh on your list? No. Okay. Would you like Harbaugh? I, I, I don't necessarily want to entertain this too much because I'm not, but yeah. would you be a Harbaugh guy? No. He, he's far too weird. Keep him away from my football team. <laughs> he's weird. Keep him away. He wins, though. It's true. Guys do want to go to war for him. And as we get to my list, it's it's going to be a lot of guys that I can get a group of men to want to go to war for him. But with all these clips coming out of the national championship game, him getting his team to sing uh, for he's a jolly good fellow, like oh that's just God. weird. So what are you looking for in a head coach? I am looking for a leader of men. I'm looking for somebody who can inspire a group of football players to run through a brick wall for him. That's what I'm looking for. Ron Rivera? Hey, see, he couldn't inspire the group of men like we thought. The thing is, Ron did inspire guys at one point. At one point? Obviously in Carolina, but remember when they're throwing rocks in the locker room? It felt like they were motivated at that point. This year, there was none of that. No, and I think that has something to do with like him being the overarching executive of it all. Yeah. Like Them kind of looking, him, looking at him as like a figurehead more than anything. So for me, and we'll probably give you our coaching candidates coming up here next segment but I know a lot of people look at offense defense and the modern thinking I'll explain it to you because you know some people are like why does it have to be offense the thinking is this offensively it's more important to have continuity with a quarterback and a play caller than it is defensively right I mean it just makes sense you want to have the same guy in the ear of the quarterback especially as you develop them all along and so you know I you know you see people Ben Johnson's at the top of the list. We'll, we'll get to the candidates here in a second. I'm sure Ben Johnson, I know he's on my list, but Ben Johnson's the leading candidate for the job. The reason why he's attractive is he can come in here, you can draft a quarterback number two overall, and if it works out, Ben Johnson's the coach of this football team for 10, 15 years, 20 years, however long, and the quarterback is right there with him in his hip pocket 10, 15, 20 years, right? That's the goal. The reason that people are not as keen to hiring a defensive coach is exactly what's possibly going to happen in Houston, right? Raheem Morris, not Raheem Morris, sorry. D'Amico Ryans gets hired as the head coach in, in Houston. They bring in Bobby Slowick as the offensive coordinator. Slowick does a heck of a job with C.J. Stroud, and Slowick might go somewhere else. D'Amico Ryans has done a great job, not saying he's a bad hire, not saying they've done anything wrong. What happens if Bobby Slowick goes somewhere else and now you have a new voice in C.J. Stroud's ear? You know, that's the reason why. And, you know, I've heard various things. I think on J.P. Finley's podcast, Mitch Tischler was bringing it up, and it's a good point, basically saying, like, why are we looking ahead, scared of the fact that an offensive coordinator might get poached, get the right head coach? Not to say that, you know, if a defensive guy is the top of the list and that's the right guy, then that's fine. But the reason being is... Look at Houston. Houston is a prime example of why people like to get offensive head coaches 
It's because you can keep the offensive guy with the quarterback long-term. I mean, think about the guys that have gotten poached from various places. Like, Kyle Shanahan's calling the plays and running the show in San Francisco. So when you poach Mike McDaniel, he can go run a heck of a show down in Miami, but San Francisco didn't miss a beat, right? Think about what happens if Bobby Slowick gets poached from Houston next year. C.J. Stroud might be that dude. I think he is. I'm a big C.J. Stroud guy. But what if he takes a step back next year because the new offensive coordinator runs things a little bit differently and it's not the same system and they're trying to figure things out and it takes a five-week adjustment period and he's still growing as a pro? Like, that can very well happen. We've seen it happen before with teams where they lose their offensive coordinator and things go away. Look at the Bills, right? They had Brian Dable. He goes somewhere else. The offense kind of struggled under Ken Dorsey. It seemed to find its footing again now under Joe Brady. But that would be the reason. Not to say it's the right reason that you hire a coach. Not to say that you can't hire a defensive head coach. But I just wanted to explain that to people because some people were like, oh, you blah, blah, blah. You can hire a defensive head coach. You just have to understand that if you get the right quarterback and you bring in a really good offensive mind, they might keep getting poached every couple of years. And it's like starting over on offense. So that would be why. It's true. I get the need for the offensive continuity because it's definitely absolutely unquestionably way more beneficial to keep your quarterback in the same system throughout the whole time that they're there so they can have an understanding of it. But I'm that it's just that it factor is what I'm looking for that more than anything. 100%. And it's these these guys that are on my list have undoubtedly that it factor more than I'm because I value that way higher than I value like somebody who knows X's and O's because I feel like you can get a lot of those guys as, as not as coordinators or lower. It's interesting. Let's get out to Little in Bowie. Little, what's going on? What's up, what's up, what's up, Bob? So thank you for taking my call, man. I'm telling you, producer, man, I heard Chris the other day talking about um, Sam Howell. Man, we got to, you know, you know. so one thing about a quarterback that is factor, man, is they have, they have anticipation. They come out of the womb with anticipation. You know what I'm saying? And, it, and there's something about Sam that I realized. I'm going to use this one player as a parable, man. Because y'all said something about the kid that um, he don't he not get a lot of balls. Soon that kid was going to the end zone, man. He turned around and looked at, the, at how I, I met the, uh, our number one at receiver. Now that ball's supposed to have been on him. But mm-hmm. Sam sell the ball. He got to try to go jump for the ball. You see, sometimes a receiver can be too quick coming out of his route for the quarterback to anticipate where he's going. That's why he ain't been getting a lot of balls, man. I, I'm sitting back watching it. And then I say, you know, this kid, his hike is hindering him in so many, so many ways. That's why a lot of his plays, he was making a field, he was rolling out the pocket, or he was, you know, adjusting to a route. He was running to a space to, to, get, to get rid of the ball. But a good quarterback told him, man, when you get in that pocket, you plant their feet, you anticipate where you want to go off the bat. Man, yeah. we got to go get Daniels, man. I like either Daniels or Drake May, man. And if far wise the offensive coach, I go get that kid out of um, Detroit because he coming with a two-player yeah, two pack. He's going to bring his defense coordinator with him. Hey, look, man, it's about to take off, man. There's a lot of patience. Yeah. Moving forward, I'm a season ticket holder. I'll be there, man. I'm 62 years old. Told me. I'm going to tell you now, if the Cowboys don't win it this year, I'm going to put a bet in some kind of way with a bookie and we're going to get a Super Bowl before the Cowboys. I love it. Hey, man, God. I love it. Little, appreciate the phone call, yeah. man. I love that. Washington's going to win a Super Bowl, another Super Bowl before the Dallas Cowboys. I like that. You think Dallas wins tomorrow? See, 
I hope not. I there's a good chance a, that they do. I kind of have a feeling about Mike McCarthy against the Packers. That's, it's all at Packers isn't it? are kind of rolling. Dallas at home where everybody thinks they're going to win, and Dallas is just going to lay a dud. And Packers love running the ball. Dallas can't stop the run. It's all adding up. Yeah, it seems like it. Take a break. When we come back, Max and I got our top three head coaching candidates. You can give us ours as, yours as well, 800-636-1067. You want to hop in on the MGM National Harbor listener lines? We'll give you our top three head coaching candidates next here on The Fan, the Team 980, and the Odyssey app. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Welcome back. 106.7 The Fan, Team 980, Odyssey app, Toby Altizer with you. Who are your top coaching candidates? 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Max and I will give you ours in just a second. But first, let's get out to Gus in Arlington. Gus, what's going on? Hey, you know what? My top coaching candidate is Mike McDonald. You know, he held down these offensive hotshots, Shane Waldron, Ben Johnson, Flowick to no touchdowns in the three games this year. That's all you need to know. You know, and you're making this argument about this offensive coordinator, like, leaving if we hire a defensive guy. Well, Slovak was only really successful because he just focused on Stroud. He had to focus on the whole team. So I'll, I'll counter with that argument. You know, you're sure. pushing this whole thing. We have to hire a offensive head coach. But I don't want them to focus on just the QB. I want them to focus on the whole team. Our issue is our defense, mostly. Yeah, and I get that point. Gus, appreciate the phone call. And that is a good point. You know, if if Bobby Slowick were to be brought in here, right, I, I like what he's done with C.J. Stroud. We'll get to that more in just a second. But, yes, you have to deal with the whole team, but I also don't necessarily need, if I hire an offensive coach, him meddling with the defense. That's why you go hire a good defensive coordinator. Again, I think you can make arguments for both sides. There's no tried and true, you have to do it this way to get it done. There are ways to go about it, right? I mean, the Texans made the playoffs with a defensive head coach and a new offensive coordinator, and they might they might do it again next year with the same head coach, a defensive head coach, and a new offensive coordinator again. Who knows? You know, you get the right quarterback, maybe you make things work. I get all that stuff. It's not like Belichick had the same offensive coordinator all those years either. He's a defensive guy. So I, I get all that. But in the modern NFL, to me, 
you kind of need some continuity of that position. Doesn't necessarily mean, though, you don't take a defensive head coach. But we've teased it enough. Top three head coaching candidates will go three to one with ours. Max, go first. Who's your third top three head coaching candidate? All right, so when it comes down to it, you're going to find a big theme in my list is uh, football comes down to two things for me, finesse and force. Uh, My guys, I think the best head coaching candidates are big force guys. So I'm going to go number three is going to be the guy who turned around the Vikings defense this year, Brian Flores. Really? Okay, interesting. I like Brian Flores. I do. Did you read, I forget where the piece was. I don't know if it was The Athletic. I can't remember where it was. But he implemented a totally new defense to the NFL this year, and I love innovation. Oh, yeah. Love innovation. And so often we hear about offensive innovation, right? You see it all the time. Mike Mike McDaniel coming up with that, what is it called, the cheetah motion, right? Mm -hmm. Where you kind of motion the receiver out from basically a tight end position, motion him out, and he gets a head start. You know, that's offensive innovation. We hear about that stuff all the time with various things, whether it's the read option back in 2012 coming to the pro game. Those sorts of things are offensive innovation. We so rarely hear about defensive innovation. If it is, it's like they tried this stunt, which is new, or they did this one different thing, but we've already seen this kind of thing before. What he did was he either rushed six, or I think it was six, or he dropped eight. (laughs) <laughs> it was like all blitz or all out coverage. It was fantastic. And he basically would run a two and four drop or something like that. I forget exactly all the details. Either way, a whole new defense that hadn't really been run before. I love that kind of innovation. So I don't hate that. And I think he's a really good leader as well. I really do. I mean, if you look back at his time with Miami, it's not as if he was that unsuccessful compared to what you're seeing even with McDaniel. No, he was shaping up to do a pretty good job until it came out that they told him to lose. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree there. I'm going to go defense as well with my first candidate in terms of my third guy on the list would be Mike McDonald. Already mentioned, but just looking at some of the totals for that Ravens defense this year and what their stats are, They've been incredible, and some of that has to do with the players, but if you can bring in a guy that can totally turn around the defense. Again, I'm not totally going back on what I'm saying. I was explaining why the Mm -hmm. offensive thing. I'm not necessarily saying I'm 100% on board with that. I'm just explaining why some people believe that. Mm -hmm. But Mike McDonald, these are some of the totals this year for their defense. In points for, or points against, sorry, first in the league. Scoring defense was first. Turnovers, they were first. Yards, they were sixth. Passing defense in terms of yards, sixth. Touchdowns, they only allowed the second fewest. Interceptions, they had the third most. Running, this is where they had a little bit of a struggle. 14th in yards, 25th in yards per attempt, but first in touchdowns allowed. That's a good defense. That is a good defense. And you got a guy that has pedigree from Baltimore. He went back to college, came back to Baltimore. Anytime you can pluck guys from those sort of organizations, right? Bringing Adam Peters over from San Francisco, obviously a great organization, but bringing Mike McDonald over from the Ravens, I think would be a really good move. So to me, another young up-and-comer, not on the offensive side of the ball, but a young up-and-coming coach, Mike McDonald would be number three candidate. Let's get out to Lou, and we'll give you the rest of our candidates coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Let's get out to Lou, 800-636-1067. You want to hop in. Lou, what's going on? Toby, man, what's, what's happening, man? I'm good, man. Um, 
Yeah, um, I just want to give a shout out to my man Little, man. Um, um, yeah. Um, as far as man, the coaches go. I, look, man, I know a lot of people don't like this. This ain't, you know, the, uh, the guy that really we wanted. But I mean, the guys in the building. I, I mean, Eb be a top okay. of my list, and then you know Ben Johnson and the other guy Slocum. Maybe I might, you know, give him a chance. But as far as like, you know, because I, I just think that he already have a. a a working relationship with Sam and Jacoby. If they keep those two and draft another QB, and you know it could be a, a work in progress for, for for. I just don't want to you know try to start all over again. So I just want to give him an opportunity. Maybe he could uh, maybe you know find uh, you know what the issue is with Sam. You know because I felt like Sam still got it, man. A lot of people tapping out on Sam and saying he ain't like. I mean the guy in uh, uh, in North Carolina right right now. The guy, I guess he's. He's uh yeah, going to be the top five, yeah, the top five pick. So I'm just curious why. I mean, just because he's six four, I mean, he hasn't done anything. I mean, I mean, he looked good, you yeah. know, running the ball and things like. Good, real good, quick. Folks. So the thing, yeah, a lot of people are making this comparison. It's because they both went to Carolina, obviously, right? I mean, it's it's a pretty simple comparison to make, but they're different quarterbacks. If you look at May. He is a bigger, more prototypical, but yeah. he's more of a pocket passer, whereas Sam was a little bit more, and we saw it this year, kind of create outside the pocket, a little bit hesitant and not as great a pocket awareness. So there are differences. I understand people's trepidation to it. I, I you know, I can feel the same sort of thing. But I, I think just saying, like, let's roll with Sam again, if they were picking, you know, 12th or something like that, I would probably be on board with that. But right. with them picking second overall... I think you kind of just got to want a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. So you leaning toward Caleb of, of everything. I don't know about that guy because, you know, he seemed like, you know, I don't I don't know, man. He acting too much, and I heard something on Twitter about him yesterday. So I don't know. He might be a little diva and known, you know, what's been going on around here, you know, when we pick a player from local. And yeah. I, ha- ha- <laughs> I know about that. So many people out. are scared of that, too. Yeah, he got to grow up, but uh, then again, you know, it's a new ownership. I felt like they, you know, he can't, you know, he can't be doing or, or demanding stuff, you know, coming in here because I think they're going to ship him out. Like, if they happen to draft him and, you know, spend a season and he act like the way he's been acting like, and, you know, he's going to end up being like Chase. That's what I'm afraid of. So, yeah. but other than that, man, I think, you know, as far as, you know, the uh, the guy, uh, Peters, I think I'm, I'm down with that. I, I feel like he's a uh, – you know, he's 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 the type of guy that we needed and then it's been, you know, since Snyder took over, it was never you know, it was never a hope. So now I could feel like, you know, I could go to the next year and say we you know, we we we're gonna try and make the playoff. And I I predict that five years from now or or be, even before that we might go to the Super Bowl. So I wanna add to that what my man Little was saying. So I'll say that on Rooster show. So appreciate you taking my call. So appreciate it, Lou. Yeah, the only thing I'll disagree with here is he said, I don't really want to start over in terms of coaching staff. No, let's start over. That's kind of where I'll disagree because you got a new GM, let him bring in his dude. I mean, that's kind of what this is. It's a fresh start. It's going to maybe be a lean year next year. It might suck. Maybe you have another year where you're picking in the top five. It might suck. But I am on board with what both Little and Lou just said. There is a possibility. Is it likely? Maybe not. But there is a possibility that in the next five years, you're looking at a team that is competitive not just for the NFC East, not just to get a wild card spot, but for a Super Bowl, right? And not saying it's going to happen, 
But you have a new executive in town that is proven, or at least has been proven with the San Francisco 49ers and helped build that roster. You're going to have a new quarterback in town. You're going to have a new coach in town. So why not? Why not? Dream a little bit. For so long, people in this town and fans of this football team have not been able to dream. You can dream now. You can really dream about this football team. Things can get turned around really quickly. Take a break. When we come back, we'll give you our top two candidates as well as getting to some more of your phone calls. 800-636-1067. You want to call in, you can tweet at me at Toby underscore. All ties or keep it tuned right here to the fan. Welcome back, 106.7 The Fan, Team 980, Odyssey app. Toby Altizer with you alongside my guy Max behind the glass. Give you our top two head coaching candidates for this team. 800-636-1067 if you want to hop in on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Let's go ahead and get our list out of the way before we go back to just being on 106.7 The Fan. If you're listening to the Team 980, you'll lose us in just a couple of minutes. 1067 the fan we're live till 12:45. So, Max, number 2 on your list. Number 2 on my list. Just became available quite recently. Didn't really, well, the rumors kind of kicked up towards the end of the season that he was going to be out of uh where was it? Tennessee. Um Ooh, I like it. Yeah, I'm going Mike Vrabel. I like it. We're widely renowned as one of the smartest head coaches in football. Younger, he's just basically younger Belichick in my mind. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that he didn't end up back in New England. I'm shocked. I really am. Yeah. It seemed like that was a logical fit. I like it. I like, who was your number three again? Flores. So you like defensive leaders of men. I like Big time. I do like that. I'm going to go with the guy that's at the top of the list that everyone's talking about, everyone's reporting, Ben Johnson. Like Ben Johnson a lot. Honestly, after I looked up some of these stats, he almost hopped up to number one for me. Fifth in total yard or third in total yards, fifth in points, ninth in pass attempts, second in pass yards, fourth in pass touchdowns. This is what I liked. Seventh in rushing attempts, fifth in rush yards, first in rushing touchdowns, third in yards per attempt. I need a guy in here that runs the football. Run the damn ball. Run the ball. Not that uh not that I dislike the enemy, but I need someone that runs the ball. This is also why I think it's a little ironic that people that are very analytical and people that like all these things kind of Basically go along with what I was saying earlier about you have to hire an offensive coach. A lot of those guys are pass first, pass, 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 pass. Mm -hmm. And you're going to bring in a guy that runs the ball a lot like Ben Johnson. I like it, though. I like a guy that's committed to the run game. Sometimes a little bit frustratingly to me, like third and eight while you're running the ball. He does that a little bit. People will probably get frustrated if he comes here and does that. But it's worked for them in Detroit. So Ben Johnson, number two on my list. Top guy on your list. Top guy on my list. Been top guy on a lot of people's list, top guy on Seattle's list, architect of the Legion of Boom, Dan Quinn, number one. Interesting. Can you break that down? Because so, I'm I'm not on I like Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator. I'm not on Dan Quinn, the head coach. Twenty eight to three was not his fault. That was all that rests solely on Kyle Shanahan's shoulders. I mean, um, if you're the defensive guy and you're up twenty eight to three. You should have to you should be able to take the night off, but you're also going up against Probably one of the greatest coaching quarterback combos of all time. Sure, but you're up 28 to 3. Like, it can't, not that it's not on his, it's entirely on his shoulders. But it's not, I don't know. I it's. I feel like the, I'm going to, for the sake of my argument, I'm going to say that the, all of the blame rests on Kyle Shanahan's <laughs> shoulders. Um, but yeah, Dan Quinn, I just think guys, he's proven it wherever he's gone. Like, he's a dog. He puts dogs on his team. Uh, he, he's got dogs everywhere he goes. Um, yeah, Dan Quinn, 
unquestionably number one. I've I've been I think banging that drum since Thanksgiving. Interesting. See, to me, if you were gonna if I were gonna rank your list, I would take Mike Rabel at the top. I would yeah. take him over Dan Quinn. That's but fair. I I like that list. I do. I'm not sold on Quinn, but I do like that list. I think that Dan Quinn deserves to get another shot. I mean, what Absolutely. he's done in Dallas with that defense has been phenomenal. Top guy on my list, Ben Johnson's right there. You know, I mentioned him as number two, but for me, number one, and it's for a sole reason of what we've seen him do this season, is Bobby Slowick. And the ranks aren't as good. Like, all the ranks for the Lions are in the top 10. That's not necessarily the case for the Texans and points. They were 13th in yards. They were 12th. Attempts for passing 12th. They didn't run the ball as much. But what he's done with C.J. Stroud as a rookie, to me, stands out. And you're about to draft a rookie quarterback at number two overall and have the, possibly the same sort of situation where he can walk in, not as the offensive coordinator, as a caller brought up. He's not going to be just solely focused on the quarterback. But you could possibly marry Bobby Slowick, who has done a great job developing C.J. Stroud, and allow him to develop another quarterback and be with him for the long haul. So, to me, Bobby Slowick's at the top of my list, Ben Johnson right behind him, and honestly, they can flip-flop depending upon <laughs> the day. But Bobby Slowick, I think, needs to be talked about a little bit more. What he's done with the Texans, what he's done with a rookie quarterback, I don't think has been talked about enough. It's going to do it for those of you on the Team 980. You want to keep listening, turn over to 1067 The Fan. We'll continue talking about this. Get to your phone calls next. Here on the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 